0: Partner predicts that by 2026, 70% of boards will include one member with cybersecurity expertise. Now, in the meantime, however, CISOs need to acknowledge that that it is important to the board. This means not only showing how the cybersecurity program prevents bad things from happening, but perhaps more importantly, how cybersecurity improves the enterprise's ability to take risks effectively. Even better, how to use cybersecurity as a competitive advantage. Gardner also recommends CISOs get ahead with the change to promote and support cybersecurity to the board and establish a closer relationship to improve trust and support. In today's podcast for Future SISO, we are joined by Alex Tilley, Head of Threat Intelligence for Asia-Pacific and Japan at SecureWorks, who will offer his insights on how SISOs can take cybersecurity to the board and secure buy-in in the process. Alex, welcome back to Podcast for Future SISO.
1: Pleasure as always, Alan. Thank you for having me.
0: What exactly is a security culture and how important is having a security culture in today's digital
1: world? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Security culture really sort of like, starts from the top down. It starts from getting buy-in and understanding that, yes, security is important to our organization all the way from everything, including you know massive investment in security technologies, shall we say, understanding what, what our risks and what our threats are, understanding where we sit as an organization in the world, all the way down to individual staff members and how they conduct their day-to-day business, things like phishing and that sort of stuff. But also, more and more these days, it's around security culture, around being supportive and not punitive. So that if someone does make a mistake, they feel confident to put their hand up and say, hi, I made a mistake. I think something strange has happened in the cybersecurity realm without wondering that they're going to be punished for that. So I think security culture these days permeates all aspects of business. And it's a very crucial aspect, as we're seeing with all these breaches that we're having.
0: We always said that security is everybody's responsibility. But uh, when we talk about adopting security culture, should there be a leader in an organization?
1: Definitely I would say the CISO is where it needs to come from these days, because obviously it's, when we're talking about cybersecurity, we are talking about information technology systems, right? So that sort of will sit with the CISO, and ultimately, it's up to them to understand how we're going to drive this ship, shall we say, what aspects of security are important to us, and how our staff are trained, and what technologies we adopt, and that sort of stuff. So it definitely is driven from the top down, but increasingly, we're seeing CISOs need to get that trusted advice from their own staff to help them make those decisions. We can't expect them to know everything.
0: As I mentioned at the beginning, Gardner predicts that by 2026, someone sitting on the board will likely have cybersecurity expertise. That's three years away in the here and now. How would you describe the relationship in CISOs and the board? And do they recognize that they need each other?
1: Definitely. I, I think especially as we see more and more headlines globally around breaches and attacks and that sort of stuff, boards obviously have ultimate responsibility for the business, right? That's that's what a board member does in most countries is they're personally responsible or liable for the business's progress or lack thereof, shall we say. So increasingly, they're seeing these bad things happening to their peers around the world and they're asking questions of their CISOs or of their C-suite in general. What are we doing to not become that headline? How are we moving? our program forward, what is our program, what is our positioning on this? And that's, as, as you're saying, as Gartner says, that's only going to get bigger and bigger and more and more in-depth in, in the questioning that they're going to have of their of their senior staff. And that then obviously funnels down to the C-suite. We'll have questions then of their security staff. Okay, the board wants to know about this. I think it's this. Is that the correct answer? Do we actually, you know, um, no one wants to go in there with the wrong information, shall we say. We want to ask our trusted advisors, what are we going to tell them about this? Because they're going to ask the question.
0: From a CISO's perspective, if it's possible, could you name some steps that the CISO needs to do uh, to work on in order to build that foundational relationship with the board?
1: That foundational relationship don't obviously should be started before a bad day if that makes sense. You don't want to be going in there when the bad day is happening and trying to form a relationship. You want to start these little discussions earlier to help them understand what you're doing and how you're driving the business forward at the CISO. So one thing that as a security practitioner, I was loathed about, but it became more and more important are metrics. It's about explaining to the board, this is where we're at, this is where we were at, and this is where we want to get to. And then revisiting time and time again to say, well, our program of work that we've agreed to is progressing. We are getting somewhere. These numbers are looking better month on month or quarter on quarter. So it's definitely around understanding what the board wants to hear and as in how they would like the message delivered to them. I often say, you know, don't use technical jargon. Definitely don't use technical jargon. Boards are incredibly intelligent people, but they're not technologists in the most part these days. So it's definitely around making sure that your messaging is clear and concise to them. And what we're seeing more and more these days with the breaches that are happening and ransomware attacks and stuff, these are giving CISOs these opportunities to reach out into other business areas to say, hi, um, we've had a bad day, but I now need to talk to legal and HR and you know marketing and comms and all these other business areas that maybe historically weren't the realm of the IT function in inverted commas. So now it's actually a good opportunity to reach out to, the other, to these other areas and make those connections.
0: Um, my understanding is selling cybersecurity, it's not difficult to get to the board because they at least have some understanding of what cybersecurity threats present to the businesses. But given that you just talk about going to the board, doing a presentation, can you share some tips for creating a board presentation agenda that helps establish the CISO in his or her role as a trusted and credible leader?
1: Yes, definitely. I might do it in a different way where I might tell you some things to not do. One thing that we see commonly when someone is, shall we say, summoned to the board is a lot of fear, panic and dread. A lot of people get very scared, they're worried about addressing the board and it's like you need to understand the board are just people, they have responsibility to the business, so don't be scared of them, but you need to then say, okay, well, I need to make sure that I tailor my message. What is it that they want to ask? And the reverse is also true, if you want to get something across to the board, how how are you asking for that slot to present to the board what are you asking for to make sure it's very clear hi i would like 20 minutes of your time to discuss security program x because it's going to have an impact on the business because of why. Really make it clear and concise and tailored to that sort of board language. Another thing people don't do, and I mentioned jargon before, one thing that is very important and people don't seem to do is to practice their presentation or their briefing to someone who's not in their team. So and what I mean by that is, if I'm the CISO and I'm going to go and brief the board on X issue, shall we say, don't practice your presentation to your security team. Practice it to someone who's not... A technologist. Practice it to someone who's not a security person and say, does that make sense to you? Is that a clear message? Did you understand what I was trying to get to? And then be willing to take the feedback and revisit those discussions just to make sure that you're really clear in what you're trying to get across. Because I think we tend to sit in a bit of an echo chamber as security technologists and We understand what we're saying to each other, but people who aren't doing this grind day-to-day tend to get a little bit lost halfway through what we're saying. So definitely to practice on someone that's not part of your core team and take that feedback is very key. Be persistent, but be polite. As in, if you are wanting to get a slot with a board to get some sort of initiative approved or direction set and you get told there's no slot for you this week or there's no slot for you this quarter, that's fine. Apply again next time. But be polite, be persistent. Don't give up on the first hurdle because the size zone knows best for the business Security-wise, what needs to be done. So don't give up just because there's no slot, because these are very busy meetings. They, As anyone who's been to a board meeting knows, they're very busy, they're very structured, and you might just not be willing to get a slot when you're asking for one, but try again. But also, if you do get turned down for a slot, again, revisit your messaging. Did I ask the right question to get a slot? Am I being realistic in why I want to go and see them so so the board can have a clear understanding of, oh, the size I want to see us to talk about this. Okay, cool. We can make a slot for that if you just say oh i want to give you a generic update they might say well that's not important enough for us to give you a slot of this very packed schedule
0: is threatening the board an easier way to get the, the door open for you for the size of the door presentation? Hey, If you don't meet me today, we're gonna die tomorrow.
1: Well, yeah, that's such a good point, and it's it's something that's that, that we're seeing happening is for a long time as security people and, and as sizeos seen as we're you know saying the sky is falling. We're the boy who cried wolf, as it were. You know, if we don't do this, the whole world's gonna explode and everything's gonna thing, and then nothing happened. But now what we're seeing now is well, there's it's in the papers. You can see that bad things are happening on the internet and to companies. So it's about, you don't want to use threatening language because you're then sort of tarred with, well, you said this was going to happen and nothing happened. So then next time, why would I trust you again? So you, you want to make sure that you don't go down that path, but you definitely want to say, we do need to do this because whatever program of work that we'd like to do or whatever prioritization we'd like to give is what happened to that company that got a massive breach that you would have read about and sort of say, put it in terms around what they understand around those breaches.
0: What about the other way around, what must the board do to help establish and acquire the trust of the CISO as it relates to things that are relevant to the role of the CISO and of course, what's important to the board as well as the executive suite?
1: Yeah, so the executive suite and, and the board obviously have responsibilities for risk, but also for growth. We often say, oh, the board's only concerned with risk, and that's not the case. It's, they're also concerned with growth. That's the way business works, obviously. So for them to say to the CISO, hey, we're looking to expand into, let's say, a new market. Let's say we'd like to go to a new country or a new you know, area of the world to, to do business in. Can you help us securely do that? Can we task you with that? And then have the CISO say, yes, I can. And you know, obviously go and take decent advice from their staff and say, we think it'll take about – six months and we'll have to do some things, but then come back to the board and agree on those metrics. What does success look like for this program of work? We're agreeing that we're going to do this and this is where the business is going because we would like to expand into this new market or whatever the case may be, but let's agree on some success metrics so we can track how we're progressing there. And as you're saying, that will then build that trust because after you do a couple of these initiatives and a couple of these programs of work, that level of trust will go up because the CISO delivers and the board understands that the CISO can deliver.
0: What's your advice to everybody, both the security people as well as the non-security professionals, in terms of how they should be looking at cybersecurity issues in the
1: years ahead? I think it's very important that we address, and this is maybe a little bit more of a human factor, but it's very important that that we address breach fatigue amongst our teams. I think our, our security functions and our legal teams and our comms teams are dealing constantly with these breaches and requests for comment and that sort of stuff and constantly getting bombarded with questions about these things that are happening around the world around breaches. And breach fatigue is a really real thing. And people tend to just say, oh, it's another one. But it's about understanding how does this one affect me and my business or us and our vertical, shall we say. And keeping note that, yes, you are going to get tired and, yes, people are going to sort of start to glaze over when you start to say, yes, it's yet another breach, another 8 million records have been leaked or whatever it may be. Um, So I think it's definitely keeping that understanding that we need to keep rolling forward with our programs and adjusting our programs as we start to see the world changing around us. I think sort of it's a strange world where we need to be, we need to have set goals and set ideas and set priorities, but also flexibility to adapt as the world changes around us, be it financially, commercially, whatever the case may be. So I think it's, we've got to be flexible like the reed, but also, you know, hard like the tree. It's a strange situation to be in. So we need to understand that it is the situation.
0: Interesting metaphor, Alex. As always, thank you for joining us on FyChats for Future So.
1: Thank you very much, Alan. A pleasure, as always.
0: That was Alex Tilly, Head of Threat Intelligence Asia-Pacific and Japan at SecureWorks on the topic of getting bored buy-in for cybersecurity in 2023 and beyond. You are listening into Podcasts for Future CISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CISO. In the meantime, stay safe, Have a great day and see you in the next episode of Podchats for Future CISO. Bye for now.